Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now and we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic. It's Mark Bylock, and I'm here with Jamie. Jamie, I'm are you here. There? I'm here. Look at that. We did it. I remember oh, how man. to use my mic and everything. I, this is pretty good. You, you, you were straight on. And and we have uh, Dr. Don Livermore is on the podcast as well Yay. from Corby's Walker Distillery, the master blender. Welcome to the podcast, Don. Uh, thank you, guys. It's been a while since I've uh, had a conversation with uh, both of you, and it's uh, great to hear your voices. Well, we, we had a chat before the podcast started, and we just decided to hit record because, you know, it's it's just it's hard not to talk about kind of current events and how the and everything else. Uh, but it, it has been a weird time of year uh, for, for us as recording the podcast goes as well and certainly pretty much everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been a weird year. Uh, Jamie, yeah. you, you've made a lot of changes in life. You, you bought a new winter coat, I hear. That's uh <laughs> Well, in in preparation for the Canadian sort of, you know, six months of winter that we get here, um, we we just have to be ready to like, you know, get outside and, and, you know, we can't, I can't sit inside for six months. And like, I don't mind the winter and I don't mind, you know, the the cold weather. I, I, I enjoy it. But I just think that like, we can't, it's just, it's going to be so difficult and so hard on people's mental health to be stuck inside. So like a good pair of boots, yeah. a good jacket, um, will probably make all the difference in the world and just, you know, fresh air, even just like a couple minutes a day, I think makes a difference for me. And I have a dog, so like I have to get outside. So <laughs> to take him for, you know, snowy dog walk. So I think I have to like, yeah, I think reframing my own thinking about being outside in the winter will be very right. crucial for me this year. I won't be able to escape to BC to the warm weather in January as I do sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. Cause we call, we call this whiskey season. Well, we, it's called whiskey season. Cause we, there's just whiskey events day and day and day every day, yeah. uh, normal years. And there hasn't been. And, um, and so Jim, you and I are in Toronto where we're in lockdown number two, yeah. Um, Don is in Windsor in Ontario, which is also experiencing high numbers. Uh, but, but Don, you, you have like more property there. Like you're, you're not as densely populated as you. I feel like Jamie and I, sometimes we, you know, sometimes we feel like a little like claustrophobic down here. Cause sometimes it's like, if it's, if the weather's nice, you know, the kids, the, the, yep. the kids don't go to the park cause they're just, there's just too many people around. Uh, if it's, uh, if it's not nice then it's rainy and miserable <laughs> and there's nobody around and it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the luxury of being in Windsor, uh, we, it's a little more affordable housing, and uh, uh, certainly we get outside, and uh, and we, we've had up to this point just even our recreational activities and arenas and stuff, but uh, that's been pulled back, so uh, mm-hmm. we'll have to be with you, Jamie. Yeah. We'll be have to walking outside and uh, enjoying the uh, holiday season for sure, and hopefully okay. we can uh, still continue to enjoy the drams of uh, Canadian whiskey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and dog walking is, is the best way to get it go outside. I, I agree. And the, other, the other part of this too is like I, I normally like I kind of joke with friends that outside the industry because I'm like you know I I do like I generally do like a hundred days of sobriety in normal years yep. because and they're like I drink once a week. How how are you counting your not drinking days by <laughs> three digits? I'm like I, I get it. It seems crazy, but like when you're testing, uh, tasting whiskey and, and and doing all this, it's just but you know like if you just want like not a taste of alcohol, then a hundred days seems like a good goal, uh, in this industry uh, if you're you know if you're able to do it um but but like now i've been i've been like on the other side of this i've like i've had no reason to drink i've been barely drinking I I, i've been sleeping well yeah. i mean it's it's just 
when I had the kids, if I had a drink, I wouldn't sleep. Like, you know, you wake up at six o'clock in the morning right. the next day. anyway. So it's not like you can sleep in. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it's just, it's been a weird, uh, it's been weird. Um, and so we're just kind of, you know, yeah. it's kind of important to, to kind of drink what you, you know, don't drink too much at night. That's my, that's my takeaway for myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel that that first phase of, of quarantine, it was just like, oh, this is great. I'm buying local craft beer and local right. whiskey and drinking gin. And I was just like, it was like a great, it was like six weeks of, of just, you know, yeah. <laughs> just well, think, at home yeah. drinking with your spouse. And now I'm like, wow, I just, yeah. I don't the, have a reason to drink anymore. Yeah. The beginning of, of the whole lockdown thing seemed like we were all on Zoom all the time, you know, virtual cocktail hours, check-ins with your pals <laughs> right. and like, you know, inevitably right. like trying to keep that, that thing. And then, then I think a lot of us sort of lost that a little, a little while ago. And, and um, I know that I'm not drinking as much, but I'm drinking better right now mm-hmm. actually because mm-hmm. what else am i spending my money on i may as well spend it you know i may as well grab a really nice bottle like i'm not going out to eat and i and i'm not you know doing those things that like so i don't feel like i, I feel like i can just sort of you know invest a little bit in my whiskey cabinet right now which i think is great and and um one thing that i haven't been able to find or get a hold of is any of the new <laughs> any of the new northern border collection um whiskeys any any wiser's 22 or dark oak or what's going on dr don <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to build on what you're saying jamie it's uh i've i've, I've changed too and how we work yeah. and i think this whole covid uh scenario globally or pandemic has changed the ways how we work it's it's going to change industry and how we operate and uh it'll be interesting how how we look coming out on the other side to make sure our consumers and customers uh, have a safe uh, experience and uh, mm-hmm. it, and uh, I think we've done the best we can and I and I am with you Jamie I worry about people's mental health and yeah. uh, and whether we get virtual exhaustion or not um, but needless to say we carry on and we do mm-hmm. have some new releases and I think a lot of the Jamie to, to <laughs> answer your question it's delayed a lot of things have been delayed because the, yeah. the liquor boards at least across Canada weren't sure what they were going to do. They weren't sure how consumers were going to react when purchasing whiskey, what their buying patterns would be. Some boards completely abandoned uh, doing any rare releases because they felt that premium whiskey would not be something people would be looking for. Uh, So we eventually kind of delayed the Northern Border Collection. But at the same time, we wanted to offer some some places and some more progressive liquor boards uh, to release whiskey. So some reacted differently. British Columbia mm-hmm. kept on going with their normal November releases, as mm-hmm. I think most of the audience knows. Ontario delayed their, uh, uh, you know, OND or October, November, December whiskey season till February. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then others just did not want to take on on brands at all. So I know I get questions quite frequently <laughs> is how come it's not coming to my board? How come I'm not seeing it here? I see on your um, Instagram. I, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> I make whiskey. I don't get in charge of distribution, but I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to be able to sell to all these places if I possibly can. And there's certainly with the first indications that things seem to be uh, going very, very well. I know uh, two of the releases for the lot 40 dark Oak and the JP Weiser's 22 year and a pork cask. Uh, they've pretty much sold yeah. through in British Columbia to their allotment. The Ontario had allowed our brand center to be able to do a real small, small uh, release uh, pre-February 2021. 
and that that went in a matter of three minutes. I'm I'm sure most of the audience who listened to this was crazy, Amazing. and that took us that took us off guard. Quite yeah. honestly, uh, we really didn't think the enthusiasm would be there for those brands. So great, great for us, and it's right. great to see that uh, some of the tastings through the years and, and awareness to our brands as and certainly you guys have been part of that uh, from previous years the excitement's there and it's great to see for Canadian whiskey yeah 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 and I mean I, I like um, I, I know uh, you know you're one of our one of our favorite guests uh, from our, our audience loves when you come on yeah. and a lot of it's because we get to geek out about how the whiskey's made and I think you, you know if, if you're if you're in the states you're you know you make your bourbons and your eyes a certain way and you're like boom done done you know age barrel pick the nice barrels get the sweet spot you know, marry the barrels, blend them, uh, and, and, and release them. Uh, but, uh, but this did give you an interesting opportunity because you have released, uh, a couple of interesting mm-hmm. kind of your new takes on, on, on Canadian whiskey. Um, and then sort of that, you know, every time I'm, I'm over there every year when I, when I go to, uh, Windsor, it's, you're always experimenting, you're always experimenting. It's always fun to see which experiments make it the next year. Yeah. Uh, and, and in this case, uh, like you said, we got the 22, uh, JP Weiser's, the cast strength, uh, port finish, uh, port cast finish, yeah. and then the Law 40. Do- and, and, and I should say red letter because that's what you're bottling right now, yes. right? This, yeah, at this very moment, that. it's Friday, December 4th and red letters coming through. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll chat about red letter in a minute, but the, the, I know you had an opportunity to try the Wisers at least at a, in a barrel phase uh, the last mm-hmm. time you were here, Mark. Um, mm-hmm. The port barrel finish is incredible. It's oh, delicious. Absolutely. I love a port uh, finish. I, oh, yeah, I love a port so... finish. And not yeah. super easy to get a, a handle on those casks, is it? Is it? No, that's one of the questions. So this is a tawny port that we finished mm-hmm. this whiskey in. Um to go and acquire the port definition changed in 2014. By definition, we were able to make it around the world um, in a number of countries as long as it was made under certain criteria. Uh, but the world then recognized that port has to come from Portugal. So that really did a number on us for the original Pike Creek. If you that. <laughs> and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where Pike Creek we moved it over and shifted because rum barrels were a little more accessible here in North mm-hmm. America than port barrels. Um, so when we tried to find port barrels you kind of have to be a big buyer to be able to get them directly from a distillery um, or sorry, a winery over in Portugal. Uh, and, and Weiser's is just not a big enough brand to be able to go buy, you know, hundreds and hundreds of barrels. Uh, other companies have that cornered. Uh, so we ended up getting this from a third party broker out of Europe uh, and for these barrels. So uh, as much information they would tell me it was a tawny style of port. Yeah. And that was it. They wouldn't, Again, you get into intellectual property issues when you start declaring which which um, yeah. which winery it comes from. So we got it through a third-party broker. Uh, we've aged uh, the last year of its life in these port barrels, and quite honestly, I've said mentioned many times before, the majority of the port or whatever barrel you age it in comes out in the first 90 days. That's the yeah. diffusion, if you really want to remember the word on that. Uh, <laughs> that her, yeah, that happens real quick. Um, so so the, most of the port, we knew this was going to be uh, a winner, you know, within the first 90 days. Uh, after that, the barrels just evaporate away and the port actually concentrates up. So when people mention, I like it in these port casks or sherry casks or whatever casks for years and years and years because it pulls out all these things over a longer period of time, that's not true. What's the effect you're getting is the evaporation loss. Mm. Uh, you're just concentrating up uh, because of evaporation. And for this, I think the tawny port casks that we used, just fantastic. And we stuck with the 
the JP Weiser's 23 year, if you remember that guys, mm -hmm. the same exact recipe. So yeah. if you, if your audience wants to compare and see exactly what a port cast does, take out the 23 year old, take out the 22 year old, same recipe, and you'll clearly see how port actually influences Canadian whiskey. That's awesome. Hi. And I mean, compared to some of the, the things coming out in the US, uh, where you're getting more of the finished American whiskeys, um, the, the, just the, the price point in Canada is, is continues to be crazy because this, this is a $300 plus bottle in, in the US, right? 22 years old, cast strength, 59.7% alcohol. Mm. So it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a doozy of a cast strength. It's not, uh, it, it's oh, yeah. way up there. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I just, I forget what you're selling at, what, 140 or something? So yeah, it's, it's, it's around, around 150. I actually 150. just was at the LCBO a, a couple hours ago and I saw a 27-year-old cast strength at $700 wow. from yeah. Ireland, I think it was. It was, it was crazy. So Canadian whiskey, I mean, years ago, even, you know, what's changed, Mark and Jamie, it mm -hmm. has changed. Mm -hmm. I mean, to command a price for $150 for a Canadian whiskey, you know, five years ago was would have been right. probably challenging. Sure. Yeah. Uh, now, not so much. And mm -hmm. the indications we've seen in British Columbia sales and a little bit through our brand center, it's not, mm -hmm. it's not, people are willing to pay the price for a great quality of whiskey, yeah. which is, we're changing the mindset. The other thing I'll say on this too is, and I think we've discussed it in the past is we distill differently here. Mm -hmm. In Canada, we have the option to be able to call them distill once, or we can call them distill twice to make light smooth whiskey, or we can do combinations of it through, through pot stills or anything thereof. So when we do this whiskey here, it's, it's, it involves double distilled light whiskey. That's one of our, corn-based whiskeys, and it also involves a column distilled rye. So distilled differently, aged in different styles uh, of casks and at different strengths. So when you put it together at the end and you don't add water, what do you call that? And again, we've labeled it on this bottle as a cast strength blend. Right, right. 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 I, I know, Jamie, you, you deal with the in the in the <laughs> scotch world when they call a, a cast strength whiskey. They, they've gone through pot stills and they've distilled it the same way. Whereas yep. this has different type of distillates in it. And that's, that's where I still think yeah. it's an emerging, emerging whiskey category yeah. is a cash strength blend. Yeah. 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 And you do get yeah. like, you do just get like uh, different notes from that because the, the, it's not the same. I, it, this is certainly like you, you get the like the, the peppery i guess you'd call it this is probably all from the oak you get the kind of pepperiness of it but it's really kind of the dryness and the sweetness and and, and the, the 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 finish that's really cool uh but the whiskey itself it's, it just comes to really nicely and and um probably it probably tastes about as strong as it is it's it's a it's a boozy drink hey, really it's, it's it. a 59.7 i'm trying some as we're we're, we're chatting <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, there's, there's no doubt about it yeah um it's it, it's it's a beautiful nice I'm fruit black currant kind of whiskey. Mm -hmm. uh, it certainly comes out right for it. Mm -hmm. But at the same thing, the why I like when you do the cast drink blend, it, you finish with that rye spice coming through through the middle of the chest, mm -hmm. right? So that's the power power in blending is when you can put these cast drink blends together, you can then start bringing out different style of flavors and, and the complexities can be dialed up, right? And I think that's what why these make these uh, unique. Yeah. When you, so, so sort of like just taking a step back from, um, you know, the, the sort of process piece, I'm, I'm curious about the kind of like what came first, like the whiskey or the idea, like in terms of creating and innovating and, you know, going through the process, 
Are you being asked to create specific whiskeys? Are you already intending on making a specific whiskey when you start laying down the casks or sort of like kind of walk us through that process of like, okay, let's do something like a, a port cask finish or, or whatever. I, I'm really curious to hear because I've heard different, I mean, obviously different companies work in different ways. Sometimes it's a marketing team saying there's a gap here and we want to fill it. Or sometimes it's the distiller saying I've, you know, been experimenting or, you know, distillery manager saying that they've been experimenting. So I'm curious to hear, you know, kind of what your process is. For for me, th there's a lot of things coming into it, and I think this is the function of a master blender, and, I, and it's a little bit of it. <laughs> we can go into this too. Is really what what makes a master blender, or how <laughs> yeah. do you become one, right. or when do you become one, really? And, and it's really not a specific course out there, and it's really not a ceremony you go through or the number of years of service. I mean, it's <laughs> you know, and I I know you hear, see master people all the time, right? But it's really about bringing one's life's experiences together. Uh, and, and that's what it is. And a lot of times I'll say a blender is the keeper of history and you really have to understand where you've come from. You, you have to understand the stories and it, that previous master blenders have put together and the methodologies they used and how they manure their factor, their process, products today. I mean, a blender has to understand your successes and they have to understand your failures. Mm -hmm. And then I think, Jamie, what it is, is it's taking that, listening to your customers and mm -hmm. listening to your consumers and bring alive those taste profiles they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not about making whiskey for me. It's yeah. about making whiskey for our audience. And I think, I think as a master blender, you're, 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 what you're doing today can have ramifications like 20 years down the road. <laughs> it, it really does. Sure. And, and you have, and as the blender, you kind of have to process all that information and, and then decipher it. And then you got to put together a clear vision mm -hmm. of what the Canadian whiskey category can be and to be able to adapt and put your products into the market when when consumers are looking for it. I know that's a big answer, but it, it is really yeah. putting it all together and pulling all those strings and understanding it. And there's ways to do it. And mm -hmm. a little bit, and there's there's a little bit of lots of things going on, Jamie, mm -hmm. is some of it is experimentation. As, as Mark has experienced when he's come to visit us here, I mean, it is just trying stuff. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is listening. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing is what we've been doing too, and I know Mark, you've sat in on the hot opportunity, I think, with the Toronto Whiskey Society, is you test and learn. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we put some things out there for the past two or three years and this port barrel finish we put out at Victoria a year ago. Mm -hmm. And basically, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And there are some things we've put out there that's, again, failures. <laughs> and there's some things we put out there as successes. And I think it's just pulling each of those levers, Jamie. Yeah. And to be able to steer that ship. Yeah. I, I, that was a long answer. I love I it. No, but that, no, that but, makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that um, that uh, between you know Hiram Walker like Corby's in Canada and you know my my other uh, other uh, favorite Canadian master blender uh, from Sazerac like you're you're both True. dealing with. Lots of uh, lots of different brands and identifying flavor profiles to brands mm -hmm. and and building them 
up that way. And I think, you know, I mean, we see some of this from from other companies as well, you know, Jim Beam, of course, and others, but but not quite in the same way. And I I, I, I do think there's there's no coincidence Canadians are are in charge of both of those blending processes yeah. because it, 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 it kind of takes that art and marketing and, and the science and just kind of it brings it all together. Um, I think that's what I, I appreciate about, uh, about you know, what, what you guys are doing there is, is it's, that. it's like that painter's palette, right? Is, yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. You yeah. got to bring all those paints, all those colors, all those textures. But our our palette really, and I, I know it sounds a little bit self promotional, but really the palette is that whiskey wheel that I've developed, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. It's about understanding where all those flavors originate from and how you can bring things at a crescendo or bring mm -hmm. them down mm -hmm. and, and mute them out or cover them up or. Or, or make it complex so you're you're getting different taste profiles, and that that's my painter's palette. Yeah, and well, I'm bringing whiskey to life in, in terms terms of that thought structure. I love that. Well, I love the, that. The, oh yeah, yeah, and I think I mean I, I do think your team just does work, work really well uh, with on the marketing side. I so I kind of this the, your, the other one the other major release you did was is a little bit more kind of following what uh, you know that's been having a lot in the U.S. within the bourbon market, and it's the the concept of barreling something twice in, in oak uh yeah. so with and that was a real big surprise uh lot 40 uh dark oak yeah. uh barrel twice uh or, or um i i won't say the words double wood because <laughs> i just did. it just doesn't sound right <laughs> <laughs> Canada. Um, so certainly, Scott, you know, certainly Scotland's been doing this for a while. But but no, the idea of being like a brand new because it is brand new oak twice over, I assume. Uh, yeah, brand new yeah. charred. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and higher charred. Yeah. Uh, so you took like lower charred, like char two or three, whatever your standard lot forty is, and then you put uh, a char four uh, afterwards. And you're yeah, using and, and, and again, that's listening to your consumer, mm -hmm. right? So you're seeing consumers and cross categories looking for double wood barrel twice you see the dark dark uh, barrels or black barrels and things like that it's it's not a a unusual thing but we haven't really seen it too often in the canadian whiskey category i've done a little bit with the cast strength thought 40 playing around with that on that case but this one is designed to be a permanent release that's what we want although it's gone faster than what we thought it did uh, so there will be more coming i know people are saying where is it where is it there will be more coming and we'll be blending some more and the thought is to have a a line extension to lot 40 that's been aged in uh, number four barrel so to, to, for those who are not familiar with Lot 40, uh, it is 100% rye that's been column and pot distilled, uh, aged in brand new American oak that's charred for number two uh, barrels. And we did one more extension to this that we've taken out of those two barrels and put it in char four barrels. So that gives you just a different texture. You get some different spices that would come in off those oak casts, a little bit of a smokiness. I've heard people comment on this one. Um, and it's just a nice balance to whiskey. And you've heard me say it before too, that it, we popped the strength up to even higher to 48% ABV off the traditional 43% that lot 40 is at, because you'll get more rye and more barrel characteristics at higher strengths than, than uh, the fruity floral char characteristics that come in off the brewing or the fermentation process. So, I mean, the first, I, I, mean, I, I got a glass here, the first run on this is, and the results, uh, I've been tremendous. I, I just, it's taken us off guard and we we're, we have to react and, and bottle more, quite honestly. That's, and you're using malted and unmalted rye for that? Uh, just rye. Just, okay. Just rye. Okay. That's it. Um, I pulled the malt out of uh, Lot 40 
in about 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. And that was, that was the year Lot 40 won the Canadian Whiskey Awards. Mm -hmm. I'll often say the malting process does create a compound called dimethyl sulfide. Here we're getting geeky again. I love it. Get, do it. Get <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the brewer, brewers know it. Brewers are very careful about the, the longer you heat in the malting process, the more malt will make this dimethyl sulfide. And, and it gives you this uh, garlicky, mm. um, kind of note or oniony cabbagey kind of note in your whiskey mm. and i found when we had malt in our lot 40 the original one of it jamie it would have this interesting vegetable note in it mm. uh, and i actually it's a turn off to me yeah uh so we pulled it out i know it doesn't sound sexy to not use malt i know malt i know in your world you got to use malt i get it um and, and you have to be very careful about yeah, it for sure uh and, and i know in the in the scotch world they'll you tend to use pale malts right yeah uh, yes. so, so you're getting a lot less of that dimethyl sulfide. Whereas when you're making rye malt, mm -hmm. it tends to really make this compound. So I pulled it out and, uh, that, that year we won the Canadian whiskey, uh, for of the year when we did that. So oh. uh, it just kind of shows that yeah. I know there was some disappointment. There's no malt in this anymore. No. <laughs> uh, but I mean, but we've been using enzyme, we use, uh, enzymes and we've in Canada, we've probably been using enzymes 50, 60 years. So it's nothing unusual to yeah. us and it just makes a nice cleaner uh truer rye in my opinion is there any grain or wood that is super stubborn to work with that you just absolutely just it turns out beautifully but maybe is not like the easiest to work yeah. with yeah I, I think my first example i think i've talked about this with mark and i don't think you remember mm -hmm. <laughs> remember this or not but one of the struggles i have is working with barley mm -hmm quite often is that for us, we use a hammer mill, right? Right. So we basically shred and grind the, uh, the, the powder up uh, or the uh, barley flour. Uh, they, they will do that in the bourbon industry as well. So they make a hammer and they make a whole grain mash. Um, and you've heard me talk about the, the lignin, which is part of mm -hmm. the husk that's on, on grain. Um, so when we're heating and cooking and distilling and the, it ends up giving you uh, different flavors and spices certainly going into your whiskey. And I, and I, and I find when we use whole grain barley mm. uh, in terms of making whiskey, I find it gives me an unusual notes, to, to be quite honest mm. with you. And it's just, I mean, I've been sitting here thinking, man, I'd love to make a, a nice, like a single malt, like your brands, Jamie, mm -hmm. or or uh, like some of the Irish whiskey pot sales. I said, and I just can't quite get there. Right. And I've learned what's actually the, the case. It's that lotter ton. Oh, okay. So okay, the lotter ton, so the lotter ton removes a lot of the husk. Yeah. So there's an opportunity to remove your removing flavor, but at the same time, it balances out those barley spirits. Right. I don't have that advantage because I have a hammer mill. <laughs> right. uh, but we've partnered with a company uh, in uh, southwestern Ontario here that I'll actually produce what they call pot barley, mm. and that's that's the pot, that's the barley you'd find in soup, right? They've actually removed the husk yeah. in the shell for you. And I, I've started doing that probably about through two or three years ago. Makes a much better barley spirit. Oh. For whatever reason, the husks I find in barley spirits mm -hmm. adds a, a bizarre character that I don't think people are quite for. And I finally, I find actually, Mark, I know you're a bourbon drinker for sure. Mm -hmm. I know Jamie are too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, find, I find that I can taste that taste because I know they put barley malt in it. And I know that taste now, now, now that I did 100%, I, God, I can taste the shells <laughs> because right. they do a whole grain mash, right? Oh, it, it's an interesting exercise yeah. to try and do a whole grain mash with 
with the shells of barley in it versus where what like you would in the brand you represent Jamie there yeah. uh, when they when they use a lotter tongue. It, it, it makes yeah. a world of difference. Because the, the husks that, that usually is... settle at the bottom and then they sort of act as a bit of a sieve. Yeah. Okay. That, that's right. And it's removed. So it doesn't yeah. even get go through no, the distillation process. No, right? no, it doesn't. No, they, they, yeah, that's just, okay. Well, that's a great answer. I just feel like I learned something really interesting right there. That's great. Huh. I always learn something interesting when Dr. <laughs> John's on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess the question becomes then, and this is a, a, a great, uh, show you should do someday. I'd love to hear uh, uh, Sazerac's opinion because they they both make bourbon and, and other products as well. But is whole grain mash the better way to make whiskey, or using a lotter ton the better way to make whiskey? If you're making a lot using lotter tons, are you leaving flavor right, potential fine. behind? Yeah. I, I do think, um, you know, I do think in the in in the smaller like in the micro distillery segment that you do get a lot of that kind of grain husky notes in their single malts, and it just becomes very, uh, you know, it's it's one the same. You can almost always tell when you're tasting uh, a single malt from it. And I and I used to I used to associate that. It's kind of funny because I used to associate that with very young single malts produced in Canada or in or in, in the U.S. Um, this, this specific flavor profile, and I and then as you know, that was like five years ago when the whiskeys were very young. Uh, where companies were just kind of starting up. And now I still have that flavor component. It's a little mellowed out. It's a little, the oaks kind of come through. It's, a little, it's still there, but it, yeah, it's yeah. covering it's it up, there. right? And it's, uh, right, it's a little covered up. But that's a, like, before I found it a little off-putting. Now I find it, a, you know, it's kind of more settled in. Uh, but it's always there. And I think that's that's that gives a good reason as to why. Yeah, it, it's how it's milled. That's what you're picking up, Mark. So, I mean, no matter how much it's been distilled. So in Canada, you know, you can distill up to 94.8% and it's still- Well, I can strip it. No, I can strip it out when I go up to 94. You can, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can make it from whatever grain at that point, but I strip that flavor out. Right. Uh, that's why I always say, you get, you, it's, don't ask me how much rye is in my whiskey uh, because that's not a fair thing because we all distill differently and we can we can concentrate it up or strip it out. Uh, it's fair to ask between my brands, which I'm very open about that, <laughs> but it's not fair between other distilleries, right? Ask me how much 4F a guy calls my whiskey because that's what you really want to know, right? <laughs> I, uh, I have to say, so I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the only, the one thing I know about whiskey is the <laughs> drinking part of it. Um, La 40, uh, dark Oak. Um, it is, uh, what I'm really enjoying about it is it is very lot 40 ish rye. Like it, it has that nose almost like the cast strength does. It's just a little more intense than, than, than that. I know I probably should over that because of the proof level, but I just, I love the way that, you know, kind of you make this rye and everything else. I love that. It's that intensity kind of comes through you know you've 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 put it in heavily charred barrels uh finished it off there and it's still just lot 40 uh through and through and and the nose is just just wonderful you know what i like about lot 40 dark oak i'm not sure yet because mark's not sharing his samples (laughs) i i need to (laughs) my my kids are are in daycare it is not your children's fault mark No, no, but I feel like we're under COVID scare every like every two weeks. There's a COVID scare in a school, and I just like I'm just in a constant bubble. I, I don't see anybody. I wish I, I just... knew what I liked about Lot 40 Darko, but Mark's been hogging. Mark's been hogging all the samples, apparently. <laughs> I, I do promise. My next when I get the all clear, the next time I will. Well, hopefully in uh, February you'll get the chance to try it, Jamie. And, yes, I would like. Uh, that. I know if we were uh, at our whiskey fest that we normally run uh, across each other, we you would have had it by now, I'm sure. A hundred percent. I always make a point of running over to uh, see what you've got 
under the table yeah. sometimes. You never know. <laughs> yeah. right. You know, and you know, Mark, that you know, Lot Forty is a brand I, I like playing with, and I think you've mm-hmm. had some opportunities that down the road we got some things we've tried and tested and learned. I remember when I told you we we've done testing and learning we've been doing that virtually now and uh, mm-hmm. there's a couple of things we put into casks whether it'll make make it to life i, I know we've worked on that peated quarter cask version of lot 40. Um, oh yeah was, oh it was it's fantastic it's, <laughs> and it, but, but yeah i know i'm teasing your audience at the point I, I, I'm literally, there's, I, I'm not, there's a tear in my eye thinking of tasting that uh, it's so yeah. good um it, it's it's in cast so we hope hope we'll make it into a lot 40 brand if not it'll, we'll blend it out into something at the, uh, the point but hopefully it'll make it to a lot 40 uh brand and it's one of those things where we have to pitch to the liquor boards across canada or or across us and uh, they got to take it on and hopefully we'll see it as a cash strength opportunity coming down the road in the near future and then wow. I, and i've worked on some ones that have been aged in black sea barrels as well which oh, wow. was the fr- i've tasted that once with i think it was your group mark i believe we tasted that um uh maybe not maybe i misspoke no no it. i think it was yeah. mark would yeah, remember that i would have remembered that you also yeah. wouldn't have shared that one either no, <laughs> yeah um maybe i did i maybe it was one with a different group uh that we did the the uh black sea casts we call them and uh oh. oh my goodness it was just phenomenal style of whiskey too so we got a couple of opportunities with lot 40 uh down the road with different casks and uh great brand it's a great brand to play with and especially when you deal with the cash strengths uh, yeah, it's, it is a, you know, a lot of these tastings uh, come from, and uh, Jamie, I think that's, you've been doing this a lot as, as tasting with whiskey clubs. And I, I feel like um, if there's any, any takeaway uh, from these COVID times is join a whiskey club because, yeah. uh, um, you know, Don, you, you've, you've done tastings with whiskey clubs. You haven't worked before. Jamie, you've done a lot more that you, you've always, you know, worked, but, but you've done a lot more tastings with them. Um, you know, I, I belong to one <laughs> whiskey club. Uh, and it's just, it's been, you know, it's been an ex- interesting source of kind of, uh, tasting and profile because yeah i know Don. like you whenever i come over i like i didn't realize the first couple of years but like afterwards they're like oh he you know you're learning as about my tasting profile as much as i'm learning about what you're making and yeah. when you go to these clubs and you 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 taste pro- test products mm-hmm. uh you get those results back and so it's it's good to it's a good time to join a whiskey club it is and it is it's interesting when you said knowing i know your taste profile mark so you do, uh, you yeah, do. Yeah, it's, it, it's it's kind of scary but it, but well yeah fundamentally it is but the f- thing is i know you sit on we talked about it off air here but you sit on judging uh for for whiskey awards and, and things of that nature is is when you when you were looking for awards do you design a whiskeys for the judges that you know are going to be in it or do you <laughs> <laughs> design for the masses that, that's always an interesting conundrum right that uh is is how how do you design whiskeys and, and innovate and, and things of, of that nature well, I mean, I think the, the good news is, you know, generally judges uh, and, 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 you know, and I, and I can't talk about any of the, the uh, yeah, judging that I do, uh, but like, um, but it is, um, it is generally very influential drinkers that, that do, that do have the pulse of the kind of consumer uh, in there. So you're, you're kind of getting that, that focus group of, of, uh, of attention. Uh, but you're right. We, you know, competitions can get it wrong all the time. Well, that, that's where I like the ones where you have a, a, a committee of sorts as to yeah, like a, narrow, a, yeah. a single, single person. We know what happens when single people uh, judge, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but when you get right. a, a, it's called wisdom, the crowd, when you have a, a group of people measuring or, or talking about whiskeys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think so. Uh, I think it's, it's, you kind of need that panel of 10, 12 or whatever, however many people sure. eight or however, but just a panel because you're, you're going to get things wrong. Um, and you know, whiskey tasting is more of an art, 
than a science by far. It's not yeah. even close to a science. It's not even a science, actually. It's just it's just uh it's just a thing we do and we get intuition and that's about it. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely the easy part of the day. Uh, no, so th th that's that's good to know. I think the the, the how that law forty comes through really well. Um, but do you do you associate it with the kind of the proof level? It is. I assume it's a little younger too, right? So it's, it's got kind of that younger, punchier rye note to it. It just really comes through. Yeah, really well. I, I had this conversation with somebody recently. I kept, I'm having so many concert conversations <laughs> virtually. Uh, yeah, um, I find with rye whiskey because it's so punchy, mm -hmm. you, you don't really start picking up the age like obviously a young unaged rye you get it but i have to once you get kind of that three or four year mark all yeah. the way up to about the nine to ten year age you can't tell the difference i find yeah uh, because yeah. the rye is just so just so dominant um actually it's ethyl acetate and acetaldehyde that comes out in the age and i find i in a rye whiskey i don't start getting it to about 10 years of age uh it doesn't start becoming a little more powering so yes you're right this one is is in that uh, uh four four to ten year range and i'm not we're not just going to age declare it because it's, it comes down to inventories at that point yeah, uh, as yeah. To, to whether we're over or under supplied and and i we don't still want to age declare declare this yeah one. no it i really agree. doesn't I matter it doesn't, it doesn't matter until matter. i get above 10 really yeah, I, I think i think the 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 wisdom i've gained early, uh, with with tasting whiskey on the judging side is um it's really hard to tell apart uh like a younger lower proof rye yeah. versus yeah. an older uh higher proof rye and and you're just and i think it comes down to those components it's just you have the same amount of them uh and, and it's just really hard to kind of unless you know like if i if i know it's 40 percent and i get a flavor okay i know what it is but yeah. if you're going to give me a young um young rye I, it's it's hard to tell it could be cast strength and it could be eight years old or it could be two years old or three years old uh, and i found that to be the case in the u.s that's i think that's why rye is such a fun component in you know, in the U.S., uh, a lot of the a lot of the blenders there will take a two-year rye and blend it with a six or eight or twelve-year-old. I mean, you know, wild turkey, rare breed, right? It's yeah. it's a blend of there's no rye in there per se, but it's a high it's a high thing. But just the concept of taking the young and the old and mixing it together mm -hmm. um, is interesting because that rye just keeps coming through. Um, yeah, yeah, it takes yeah. a bit. It, it does. You know, you know. Okay, well, I I've walked through it with you. It takes a bit of aging, and that's why I said under a ten-year, that's not even worth age declaring and and i don't think it's the purpose of lot 40 lot 40 you, you, it's both the barrel and the rye shining through that that's mm -hmm. the the dna after the brand right yeah i've, I've got the yeah. cast strength in my hand right now and i oh. oh it's just so spectacular i love this whiskey it's the first edition actually look at that you, know, you have the 12 year that's the one that most people covet and we're uh, we're hard ways from making a 12 year again because the popularity just took right off yeah, uh, but I, I mean, that's the fun with rare editions. You can change things up a little bit. And you, mm -hmm. some some people like, some people don't. And yeah, I get a mixed bag. Some people like the 11-year. Some people like the one that was in French oak more. Right. Uh, some like the 12-year, like the one you have there. I'm a, I am like the French oak. I, I like mm -hmm. the French vanilla mm -hmm. notes in the French oak. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, and that's the fun thing. It's a collectible thing, and uh, and that's why we do it. Yeah, yeah I, I do think you get yourself into more trouble here than than a lot of other uh, rare releases in the U.S. Because in the U.S., you just kind of release the same thing, and it's at, like at, at cast strength, and it's like different levels, and and it, they taste completely different. Like if you you know you take your Buffalo Trace Antique Collections and you taste them through year to year, it's the same formula, it's the same thing, but the the the, the blending of the barrels they use, and it's just 
every year it tastes completely different. But here you're you're stating kind of this is twelve, this is eleven, this is French oak, and you're you're getting into like people are like, oh, this is French oak, like you know they get oh, this is eleven, it's one year less. I I know you got a lot of I was I was most disappointed about that. Like guys, it's a year, it's fine, it's yeah. not gonna you know. <laughs> yeah, but still, <laughs> it, it, it's in your head. It gets it's in your head, and and that that's whiskey. I mean, we yeah. all, we all face it as whiskey producers, and 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 uh, you get to try it, you get to understand, and I think that's that's one of the platforms we're looking at forward through Corby is that educational piece. Yeah, uh, I, I think for us as Canadians, uh, Jamie, I know you represent mm-hmm. Scotch. You got a foot up, foot or leg up on us. Whereas us, we have some catch up to do as Canadian whiskey producers and telling our stories and, and educating people on what Canadian whiskey is yeah. and why we taste the way we do. And it's, uh, yeah. it's one of the things we want to put out there more and more is educating people even on how we make it and what we, when we change things, what do they taste like? Um, that, that, that's, that's a challenge for us as Canadian producers, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's getting better. I mean, it really is getting better. Uh, you know, my, my virtual tastings have just skyrocketed my phone call, uh, magazine articles, YouTube's videos. It's like, more and more people are, are curious of what we're doing in Canada, which is great. Yes, that's, yeah, you're right. It, it is, there is like a little bit of a stigma, a very strange stigma. And it, and Mark and I have talked about this so much on the podcast is like, is it our like humble nature, like our self-deprecating nature that we've never really sort of like, you know, gone and, and, and really sort of, you know, valued our Canadian whiskey at what, it, you know, it should be valued at and, and all that sort of, I think the education piece is so important. And I love the fact that you're trying different things with your whiskeys year over year, because I think it shows like confidence in, you know, what is is happening there and mm. it means that you know in, in at a base level you've got a really great product to work with that you can sort of like experiment with a little bit and yeah i i there's there's so many good things that are happening in Canadian whiskey right now. And there is so much buzz about it. And, you know, I belong to a bunch of groups on Facebook and, you know, there's, there's post over post over post when, when, you know, the new lot 40 dark Oak came out, I think it like took over my timeline for like two days and all these whiskey groups, just like (laughs) trying to figure out how they're going to get their hands on some. And just like, so it's really great to see because we deserve that kind of, you know, excitement about Canadian whiskey. So it's really exciting. Yeah. I I think too, I, I'll, I I do think, you know, Canadians tend to be polite and humble, but I'll say too, we've seen this in every single industry, in every single place, you know, Canada sold the most whiskey in the world in the U.S. up until bourbon became popular, you know, in the in uh, you know a decade ago, right? Like uh, bourbon wasn't necessarily appreciated in the U.S. in that same level. There were certain regions of the U.S. you know as the level like Kentucky love bourbon, a lot of places think, but it wasn't the same level of popularity. You know, Japanese whiskey wasn't as popular in Japan until it until it became recognized internationally. Yeah. You know, you go to, I was, when I went to Mexico city, they talk about mezcal and they're talking like, oh, mezcal was the, like the, you know, it was like the, 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 the you know, people that worked at farms uh, that they drank mezcal cause it was, it wasn't seen as a kind of a, a luxury item at all. In fact, it was the exact opposite uh, until it reaches that global scale. So I, I think, you know, all of the, you know, we all kind of underappreciate what we have. And, you know, if you've only been drinking one type of Canadian whiskey, you're, you're not, and you're buying your, you know, a hundred dollar, um, you know, scotches or what have you, you're just not going to have that appreciation until you're willing to spend that $80, um, on a bottle or $50. Well, really, you don't have to spend anywhere close to $80 in Canada to get a good Canadian whiskey. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, 
Um, but but the idea being is you you uh, you do get that, and I and I think you know being in those groups. Yeah, it's a great point. Being in those groups, you're seeing the more the more people from the U.S. really excited. Whenever I post a, a Canadian whiskey on on Instagram, there's always like somebody from the U.S. you know get, get, getting in and saying, "Hey, uh, how, how can I get that?" I'm like, "Look, I'm <laughs> I'm not distributing this. Talk to you know talk to Corby's." Um, <laughs> Because yeah. I, I do think, like I my my dream and I because I'm so passionate about the stuff you're releasing. My dream is to see that JP Wise was 22, yeah. you know, at, at at the Binnies in in Chicago, yeah. or seeing it, you know, at the Party Supply Store. Yeah. In well, the cash, of, the cash Strength Lab 40 made it to the U.S. this year, so it's, oh, in, wow. it's in the Massachusetts and uh, in Illinois. Uh, That's for the first time. And, and uh, I was on a virtual call the other day, but the, this is the French oak version. And right. they they actually had to really restrict uh, who got a bottle. They had to show up to my uh, my uh, podcast or my the virtual tasting to get a bottle. We're really taking up all of Don's supply of lot 40 is the problem, right? Yeah. Already we went from 12 years to 11 to Don's like, well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is, so we're not doing this anymore. So, well, we, we brought it into the U.S. and it right away uh, they sold right right through almost instantaneously. I, I oh, think the dark, oak, the dark Oak as a regular release is going to just – it oh, yeah. hits the palettes of like for the price point, it hits the palettes so well. Yeah. Um, it's better. Keeping up. It's a matter of keeping yeah. it up. Yeah, I think yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I, it's going to be an exceptional whiskey. I'm very curious how that one will do in the Canadian Whiskey Awards that are coming up here shortly. Is uh, how that one will be received, and uh, hopefully it does well. I hope it, I hope it yeah. will. It should, uh, should win something of some sort. I think. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Red Lighter because uh, it's coming yeah. back? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I was. Uh, about to change that too. Yeah, red letters. So, um, yeah, red letters coming back permanently uh, as long as we and, can and, keep it on the shelf. Um, now, Don, this is your favorite. If, if you had if you had a favorite uh, child, it would be red letter from your uh, from your bottling from bottling. Oh, dissertation. Dissertation is my favorite. Other than dissertation, yeah. <laughs> dissertation is he, he's the the rock star. Dissertation, she's the you know the star player, gold medalist. Understood. Yeah. Totally understood. Dissertation. Yeah, it's my PhD. There's a little bit of sweat and tears on that one. Uh, yeah, no, red letter is is one that was the first opportunity that I got to have a signature on a bottle actually. Um, yes. And it's uh, really is almost a kickoff to a lot of things that you've seen us do through other brands. And it was our first chance of aging our Canadian whiskey in brand new oak barrels, really. Um, and uh, that one got released and it was in concert because that was JP Weiser's special brand way back in the day. And we, mm -hmm. we were trying to, what would JP Weiser's make as a special brand back in that day? It's certainly going to be a lot of light corn whiskey because that's the way consumers wanted it in the 18 late 1880s as they didn't like heavier spirits but at that point they wanted them lighter uh, he would have used brand new barrels so it is certainly a cask for tasting whiskey um a certainly brand new aged barrels um we did a little bit of a twist on the the, the release is that it is now a 15 year um that's that's nice. what it was uh, we've had these casts still kicking around way back from the original release so it's been in new wood probably for seven or eight years now um wow. and wow. uh we've added a touch more rye into it than uh, than we did before mm -hmm. uh, i wanted to dial up the spiciness a little bit and so we upped the rye content just uh just a hair not a lot just uh, enough to, to recognize it. it and we didn't i know the audience wanted cast strength the uh, red letter <laughs> <laughs> However, they're such fans of the brand. We, we didn't want to go too far away from that. 
Uh, it's not to say we won't do a cash strength blend of uh, Red Letter at some point. I think just because it was the re-release and we haven't seen it since 2013, we just want to kind of stay true to those people that were really loyal to the brand. So we left it at nice. that. This is by all intents and purposes, because of the uh, pandemic, uh, a lot of distilleries now just have their own distillery exclusives where they're not offered in on the LCBO as a, as an SKU. We're probably one of the last companies to do it because it's a it was a it's a little bit of a game changer in terms of how to operate with the uh, LCBO, and we were one of the larger players, so we've kind of shied away from right. from e-commerce. But we we've now started to do it, and this is designed to be a distillery only edition. Wow. So wow. it's it's going to be around permanently. Um, it's but only available at the distillery, and certainly distilleries can ship to Ontario addresses. So if you're looking for it, it's jpwiserstour.ca, and you can order a bottle. And it just came on sale uh, yesterday for the first day, and we're almost. I mean, we had oh, thousands, thousands of bottles, but it just. <laughs> Yeah. It just took flu. I was oh, our poor people doing the packing. Uh, I'll give a nod out to Gary and oh, <laughs> I, I I think people are thinking it's a it's a rare release and we can want to. And it's not. We were trying to have a just like every other distillery, yeah. a distillery only edition. I know Scotch does it, Jamie as well. I'm yeah. not sure if you guys do. Yeah. So, yeah, so we we wanted that as well. Uh, and this is what, because it is the J.P. Wise's brand center and Red Letter is the original brand. And that's the thought, Mark and Jamie, is yeah. is that. But man, it's just it's crazy, the, the sales wow. on it. So uh, <laughs> if, if people are listening to this podcast and it's, you see sold out on J.P. Wise's tour.ca, more will come as soon as we can possibly make it. That's great. Yeah. But the barrels are there. It's just right. trying to get the packaging wow. and stuff and bottling and, and stuff. To wait, wait, get. you still have the 23 available for sale. <laughs> just it's still there. The 23. Up. Yeah. There's no more bottles of that. So whatever's left of the 23 I'm is going to oh, just make go. a purchase. I was going to say Mark's doing it right do, do, now. Like we're hearing it live. Yeah. Um, that's um, check out. Do you guys accept Apple? <laughs> Pay? I have no idea. I just make it. man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's, uh, yeah, that one was exceptional too. I know some of the, uh, whiskey clubs around, uh, Canada named that, uh, their top whiskey of the year, the 23 year. So, yeah. um, it's, it's, uh, that one is very nice as well. So, I mean, lots of good things again, red letters should be around. Uh, it's just, it's just a matter of catching up to the uh, initial, uh, Fate, I kick off, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it'll level out uh, uh, going long term, but it, it was just the excitement the first the first day it got released. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, congratulations! I'm, I'm glad to I'm yeah. glad to see that. It, it you definitely, I mean, you put it while you, it, it took you a while to to kind of move that over. But I understand your numbers and and kind of for your partnerships are are different. Uh, but yeah. uh, glad to see it and uh, glad to see you move in that direction. Um, I'm guessing you're not going to give me a preview for next year. <laughs> Always no. trying, though. No, <laughs> and and the, I I know I know the the thing is the the thing is with that is uh, the liquor boards start probably around February. It's, it's different for each province. Start asking for pitches as to what you got available and whether they want to take on the premium whiskeys from Canada. Some boards are progressive, as you know, uh, mm -hmm. and they'll take them on uh, pretty quickly. And other boards, they get a little uh, worried that it sits on the shelf. So we, I don't really want to tip my hand until we can actually get a confirmation that some of these liquor boards will take some of these brands on, Mark. And that, right. that's the reason that I don't want to have false expectations. 
uh, yeah. to be honest with you. I, I, I've actually dipped my hand probably previously here <laughs> as to what could be coming. But you kind it, of did say a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, but, but, the, but the thing is, it's again, we haven't had a guarantee uh, from any board yet as to uh, whether they'll take it on, and that should start uh, early 2021. Well, that is okay. it's very smart. In this day and age, if you say one thing, and someone yeah. hears it and picks up on it, then it becomes gospel. <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah. it does. It does. It does. I, yeah. There are there are things out there for the audience, and it's just you know what. Just I, what I'll say is you know keep keep you know I mean uh, support the brands that we make, and if the demand is there, the liquor boards then obviously yeah. react and they'll pick them up. So that that's how you keep those products on the shelf. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well. Um, Don, uh, we're going to do a patron-only uh, question and answer after this. Um, as there, uh, but so stick around for that. Uh, but uh, any any final um, any final thoughts for us? Uh, <laughs> Gorman Hammond Warts uh, still uh, you know still always sits on my bar uh, yeah. for any for any of my drinking. It's such a great. Uh, it's still one of my Classic. favorites at the price point. Yeah, yeah we uh, um, the Gorman Hammond yeah. Warts. The only news on that is that was also released in the U.S. as well. Nice. Uh, the have awards the regular brand. Uh, so far, early indications seem good, and then the, we also haloed it with the Goodham Awards 19-year-old, the uh, 49 Wellington as well. So a little oh, bit nice. of that went into the into the U.S. as well. Uh, if any Americans are are in your audience, you go to hodling.com, H-O-T-A-L-I-N-G.com, and you can find where those products are accessible. Um, oh, wow. I'm not sure where they are off the top of my head, but uh, uh, certainly excitement around the Gooderham Awards. So that'd be great. the only news oh. that we can spread on that today. Love no, that's that. great news. Uh, that, that's that's awesome, and it'll be such a, it'll fit the profiles in the U.S. so well. It will. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Nice. Great. Well, um, Jamie, I think um, well, we, we, you're, you've been uh, you've been pretty active on Instagram, Jamie. You've been uh, posting uh, your occasional <laughs> thoughts of winter. <laughs> I've been posting a lot from inside my apartment this year. It's just yeah. it's only so many selfies I can take. <laughs> I know. I feel like I've been posting less and it's just like, well, it's just the dogs and my yeah. wife and the kids yeah. every day. That's the right way. You got to take a picture of your table there, Mark. That's right. I, I, oh, I, I should. I got to just make sure nothing's showing. You don't want to know if he's in the awards or not. Yeah, yeah. I right. yeah. It's just like here. I, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it is crazy. I have, um, I have, so many boxes you would not believe and i don't know i just don't even know what to do top secret tables we should get we should get a dr don and mark bylock side by side of your dining room tables right now during the pandemic just sample my my table looks impressive uh you know two months out of the year dr (laughs) don is impressive it would be just regular lab bottles you wouldn't even know what they were yeah Oh, yeah. lovely, lovely. Yeah. Well, yeah. and uh, Mark, where can we find you on Instagram? M A R K B Y L O K, and uh, on Instagram, and Jamie's Bourbon Thing, and uh, Don, uh, you're very active on Instagram and Twitter, yeah. right? So, yeah. Jamie, we got this. This is where I get all my news from when anything sold online <laughs> is from Dr. Yeah, Don. Yeah, actually, sure. if people want to follow me, it's CDN Whiskey Doc, Canadian Whiskey Canadian Doc, and that's whiskey Doc. without an E. Um, I am on Instagram, Twitter, and actually I have, uh, probably one of my larger followings is LinkedIn. Uh, to oh, be honest yeah, with. I've heard that. Yeah. I thought uh, you were going to say TikTok, in which case I was going to go right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I stayed away from Facebook. I can only do so many social media platforms. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, LinkedIn, I find it's, it's very nice in terms of news, actually. Um, oh. And a lot of journalists actually are on uh, LinkedIn as well. So that makes it's sense. a platform I like to use. So that cool. makes sense. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll stick Sound. around for some Patreon questions. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. It was great talking to you again. Know, it's been a while. Been a I know we, we we we've we've kind of submerged ourselves into our own lives. It's, it's been kind of sad. Know. We've had our little bubble, and uh, yeah, know. it's uh it's a strange year, but uh, we'll we'll do our our New Year's uh, resolution to be back back on the old whiskey topic bandwagon. Yeah, and you know, we would have been missed the, the heel party would have been going on uh, probably today. Actually, today would have been the, the heel party. Uh, that's it. Um, yeah, no parties, just the party in my heart. <laughs> yeah, just pictures from last year, that's and right. I always have to. I always have to remember. To, it's a whiskey, whiskey heel party. It's not a high heel party. It's not a high heel. Everybody's party. like, what? No, it's, what, 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 do you, what do you think it's doing? No, no, it's just just the end of whiskeys. And yeah. anyway, it's a, um, it's a smart way to get rid of your bottles and get them over to Mark's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> right then i get them all and i'm like no, no i have more whiskey than i started with yeah oh thanks. all right awesome. don thank you so much thanks, yeah thank Don. you guys thank you all right cheers <laughs> cheers whiskey whiskey